Hey, everybody. Welcome once again to the Football Fandemic. We are at one week till the draft. We got a lot of news that we're going to cover. Some exciting things have happened in the world of football, and a lot of exciting stuff is about to happen. Stick with us as we talk about the pandemic. All right, everybody. So we are one week out from the National Football League drafting new players into bad teams to start us off, right? Uh, we would have had the worst team, Chicago, picking first, but they traded out. They said, no, we'd like to get more picks. We're going to get into all of that draft stuff here in a bit, uh, at least uh, the Homer parts of it and maybe a few other parts. But before we do that, we've got some news that we want to get to that's been happening around the NFL, things that have been big deals. We're going to start with like not the biggest deal. We're going to start with some of the smaller deals and we're going to get to the biggest deal uh, before this is all over. Um, OBJ, he's been shopping around. He said, hey, I don't know who said I wanted $20 million, man, but I sure don't want four. But 20, come on. And then what did he sign? He just signed a contract with the Ravens for $18 million, which is fairly close to 20. Sounds right. like he didn't quite get what he wanted, but when he said, who in the world said I wanted 20? Well, whoever it was, wasn't far off from probably what he was looking Never. for. Signed with the Ravens, and the funny thing is, um, the, uh, the the Ravens signed him. Basically, what we've heard is because Lamar Jackson said, hey, you get OBJ and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and then we'll talk. Mm -hmm. They got one. They said they couldn't get both. Now, what's that mean for Lamar? We're going we're gonna to say what's that mean for Lamar a couple times here today. But what does oh, yeah. that mean for Lamar to you, Josh? Well, I think it's first I find what's funny is OBJ, like, I don't know, maybe it's 12 hours. Maybe it was a day. It wasn't more than two days, but it was within a 24-hour period. He was like, there was reports that he's going to visit the Jets tomorrow. And then, boom, I'm signing with the Ravens. And, like, he reported on his own Instagram. You know, that's where he broke it himself, whatever. Yeah. But... What does it mean for Lamar? I mean, you can easily tell the Ravens are trying to whatever they're trying to do. They're trying to sign receivers. They signed OBJ just recently, and they signed um, Nelson Aguilar in the offseason. So they're building weapons for the offense. I mean, for for Lamar to entice him to sign back. And I but, saw somewhere that Lamar told OBJ to join the Ravens. He was like kind of recruiting him. So what, this, what I think this means for Lamar is any chance you had at somebody saying, hey, let's get a deal done, got harder. Because now what every other team knows is he's stocking his team up and he's trying to get one of the other teams to make an offer to do the work so that the Ravens will match it and sign him. I think that's the fear anyway. I think if that the, if the right. Colts yeah. were like, okay, hey, yeah, well, you know, we're interested in you, Lamar. And then... Uh, they do all this work, there's going to be this quick match by the Ravens and uh, the Colts will still be without a quarterback. So I think people who were thinking toward Lamar, and I think the Colts are one of them, to be honest, thinking that could be a backup plan if things don't go according to plan, whatever. Um, I think they're a little more scared now because Lamar saying, hey, OBJ, come here. OBJ coming saying, hey, yeah, I want to play with Lamar. And I know I'm not guaranteed anything, but Lamar, come back. here. I think all of this makes other teams hesitant to put in that work or to try and make a deal. Uh, because what would you have to make? What kind of deal would you have to make for the Ravens to say, mm, yeah, we're not going to match it. And then you still lose two first round picks or, I mean, I guess you lose the first round picks if they, if they yeah. don't match it, but you have to make this huge 
huge offer, which he's wanting, like Watson, which we've we've not seen. We'll talk more about quarterback yeah. deals in a moment. But anyway, you have that huge thing. And then you have two first-round picks going away uh, and no guarantee that the Ravens won't just match it. And then you're sitting there stuck with no quarterback, whoever you are, Colts. So OBJ uh, definitely made uh, some difference in the way that situation might go. Let's see what else has happened. Lions traded a cornerback, Jeff Say that name for me. Jeff Okuda. Yeah, that's right. Jeff Okuda. <laughs> to the Falcons for a fifth rounder. I don't know anything about this guy. Uh, Okuda was, um, he was the pick at, like, he was supposed to be a star corner, like, in the league. He was the, he was the pick after um, Chase Young in the 2020 draft. He was supposed to be, like, their number, like, right in, right out of the draft. Number one cornerback, nobody else. I mean, because Darius Slade just left, I believe. Yeah. Maybe it was the year after. But he was supposed to be that guy. And, injuries you know he just poor performance whatever he kind of bounced back this year so i think it was more so that this is his contract either this year next year's his contract year they're just kind of you know trying to create cat space get rid of him so they don't have to work around a contract and they got a fifth round pick out of him i guess and this is honestly a low risk high reward pick for the falcons because or a trade for the falcons because like you trade a fifth round pick you know barely anything and it's a lesser tom brady barely anything comes out of the fifth or sixth seventh round picks and you get a cornerback who has a high upside and who's already been in the low, kind of been in the lows, but he can he has potential to rise. And you pair him with AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward on the defense on the court on the, the secondary side. And then you have Grady Jarrett and Clayus Campbell and all these other players on the front seven where he's been able he can easily perform well. I mean they're Falcons, to, they're the making Falcons some are, moves. Falcons are making some moves. And I was talking about this with a Falcons fan. I believe that they are the most complete team in the NFC South right now. And if Desmond Ritter can perform the way, like, it could, if he can, you know, elevate his game, I think they're winning the NFC South. The way they've been Ooh. building this team. Take that, Derek Carr. <laughs> and we'll talk about that in about a month and a half when the schedule gets released and we just look at what, whatever. But right. I think right now they have the best, after the draft, but I think right now they have the best chance to win the NFC South, and I'm going to stick to that because... Everything depends on how like, that quarterback shakes exactly. out, if he can lift. I mean, yeah. We said the same thing about Jalen Hurts, and they went to the Super Bowl, which, you know, we'll get into him later. But Yeah, yeah, we did say the same thing when we were unsure what Jalen Hurts was or what he would be. They had, like, they had almost the ex- not exact same team because, you know, the Falcons don't have many weapons on offense. The Eagles have... AJ Brown, all these other players, but if Falcons have a defense and they have they have offense to work with through Drake London and um, they just signed a couple of their players, I can't remember. They have some somewhat of an offense to work with, where they can be average or at a wild card team or you know eight nine and still win the division. And it, all that matters is is Desmond Ritter going to perform like Jalen Hurts or enough to make that playoff team like Jalen Hurts did last year. Mm-hmm. Let's let's move on here. Titans extending. Defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons for four more years. I want to pair this with another news item, and that is down a little bit further. Teams calling the 49ers about trading for Trey Lance because I think one of those teams that could be calling mm-hmm. could be the Titans. I don't think so because they still have Malik Willis, and I, he's just a rookie like Trey Lance was last year. Maybe? No, Trey Lance was two years ago. They have Malik Willis, who was a rookie last year, and I think they if Tannehill leaves, Tannehill gets traded, whatever. They're going to put him in at least see what he has. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's weird. I keep hearing all of this talk about the Titans moving up to number three or the Titans I calling this, but you're right. It's like the uh, Malik Willis really hasn't gotten much in the way of playtime. He got a little bit last year, I guess, at the end of the year. But 
We'll, we'll have to see. But anyway, they do have a de- defensive tackle now for four more years, so that's good for them. Buccaneers, uh, they have somebody who is requesting a trade. Devin White, the linebacker, says, I want out. Hey, uh, we're going we're gonna to actually welcome in somebody right now, um, a guy named Evan. What's his last name? Ewins. Say that again. Ewins, kind of like Patrick Ewing, but except without, without the G at the end. It's Ewins. It's like, it's like Ewins, like when you're in Kentucky and they want to say you all. They say Ewins. Ewins can yeah, come yeah, to yeah. our house, right? Yeah, yeah. So Evan Ewins is going to be joining us. Uh, he hasn't... Uh, he hasn't uh, joined the Zoom yet, so in a moment he'll be joining us. We'll let him talk through some of the news with us. We'll welcome him when he gets in here, and then he's going to get to talk about some draft for Packers, I believe. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a Packer guy. So since we don't have Brandon Colmark with us today, our our Packers owner, we will uh, we'll go with Yunzal on the Packers, right? So uh, he'll be in here in just a moment, and we'll, we'll introduce him when he comes in. Uh, right now, though, Devin White wanting to leave the Buccaneers, not wanting to be there. Uh, we also have Tyreek Hill down there in Miami saying, hey, uh, when this contract is over, I think I'm going to retire. Uh, that's not the only retirement talk we've heard, and the other one's a little more concerning. It's also in Miami, right? Yeah, Tua yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. is, he said, after these concussions this last year, there were times I thought about retirement, and then I decided I, I just didn't want to walk away. This is my life. But that's got to be concerning because what was it that kind of really put the brakes on the Jets-Packers trade? Retirement. It was when Tom, or when Tom Brady, when um, Aaron Rodgers said, you know, when I was going into my darkness retreat, I was 90% ready to retire. And when the Jets heard that, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We want you for more than one year. Hey, we got our friend... Uh, Evan Yunz. Let's bring him on here. Get him connected. He just uh, logged into our Zoom. We're gonna we're gonna get him kind of introduced and acclimated as soon as he pops on here, and then we'll continue on with some of this news because, frankly, he would be interested in this. Evan Yunz, are you with us? Yes, sir. Hang on. Let me get my. Oh, we've even got video. Evan, I was just uh, trying to figure out how to say your last name. And in the explanation, I decided the way I'm going to remember it is like people in Kentucky saying you all. They say Ewans. Ewans can come to our house. That's how I'm going to remember it. But Evan here is a Packers fan. He's joining us today. We're we're going through a little bit of news and then we're going to get into like, what do our home teams looking like for the draft first round and kind of draft strategy overall. Uh, right now, we're on some news. We were talking about the fact that Tyree Kill is planning to retire after uh, his contract expires, but he's not the only Dolphin. Tua also said this last uh, season, after all those concussions, he considered retirement. And I said that was a little scary because of the Aaron Rodgers scenario. When we got to the trade with uh, New York and Green Bay, the thing that put the big brakes on, many people believe, is that Aaron Rodgers got on the Pat McAfee show and said, hey, when I was going into my my uh, darkness retreat, I was thinking 90% retirement. And when the, the New York Jets heard that, that's when things got a little slower about like, hey, let's give a first next year for this or for that. Because we don't even know if he's really planning to be here more than one year. Uh, and so now we've got Tua saying, yeah, last year I was really seriously considering retirement what do you think that does to that fan base and Tyreek saying yeah when I'm done with this contract I'm out what's going on down there in Miami Josh you want to go yeah I actually wanted to look at something real quick um just just a sat line that's kind of what I do so Tyreek Hill's potential out on his contract is 2025 
Okay. And, of course, so that can be after the season and next season. But he also goes till 20, end of 2026, so he's a free agent in 2027. He's played one, two, three, four, five, six, eight seasons already, and he's already had 8,000 8, yard receiving yards and about 1,000 return yards. Can you imagine what he'll put up in the next – actually, he just had a 1,700-yard receiving season this past season. Can you imagine what he'll put up in the next – what if he if he goes to 2026 next three to four seasons and like like he's only played like 10 years or whatever he's already a hall of fame first ballot yeah i remember when uh calvin johnson was doing so great and he retired early and there was this big question will he get into the hall of fame did he do enough i think we've all seen the answer to that because he obviously got in uh first ballot and so tyreek might be in the same case what were you going to say evan you know, with Tyreek, he is one of, if not the only player with his stature and with how he plays the game, I don't think we're ever going to see anybody like him. With that being said, do I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? It depends. Uh, with with him on the Chiefs, 100%. If he stayed with Mahomes, 1,000% first mm-hmm. ballot. Don't know how many rings they would have knowing that the Chiefs just won one this past season without him. Yeah. Uh, it really puts into question. But as you said, Calvin Johnson got in retiring early. Um, again, Calvin Johnson's one in a million player. Tyreek, mm-hmm. uh, you can put him in the same kind of one in a million with how fast he is and how he reads defenses with his route running, too. Um, it really stands out. So he's a big, he, he he's definitely in the same category with Calvin Johnson as what if, if he retires early, can he, I guess we'll see in the upcoming seasons that he has left on his contract with the Dolphins. Right. Uh, It it depends on what he puts up in the next few years, but it also depends on like the league has gone more pass happy. So lots of Mm -hmm. receivers have gotten better stats than previous generations of receivers. You kind of go in with, with Tua too. Um, can he stay healthy and right. not saying that we can't have a whole bunch of people come in, throw the Tyreek. What do you need? You're good. Uh, coming in with Tyreek. Honestly, I feel like I could go in and throw the Tyreek and he's going to make me look good. It just depends what the entire offense, if it fits a certain quarterback. When Teddy Bridgewater came in last year with the whole, to a concussion and stuff, we we definitely saw a mixture between what Miami wanted to do with their receivers and Waddle and Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, having those two type of receivers, kind of the same type of receiver, um, it, it shows that Tyree can make it happen with anyone. But going back, if he was still with Kansas City, we could see so many records broken now since – Mahomes is fitting more in, not saying that he wasn't already in, but more seasons he plays, the better it seems like he gets. So Yeah, and Mahomes, you know, right now, the biggest beneficiary from uh, Tyreek Hill leaving, I think, has been Travis Kelsey. He got targeted. He got targeted so much. I picked him uh, number one overall last year, and that guy carried me almost, like, almost to the playoffs just like himself. It was, it was great. Mm-hmm. We got rumors uh, that the Patriots tried to shop Mac Jones uh, recently. Um, of course, Bill Belichick saying nothing uh, makes us all wonder, you know, what's going to happen with that um, that quarterback room. 
Uh, truth is, I have no idea. I never have an idea with the Patriots. Uh, but I do know that since Tom Brady left, they've really not been the competitive, uh, fearful team that they used to be. And so as much as Bill Belichick is, is the man when it comes to coaching, Tom Brady was part of that equation that made everything run there uh, in New England. So we'll have to see what happens with Mac Jones. Um, we're going to save this next one. Uh, we've got like a okay. little list here, Evan. You yeah. probably don't have, but we're going to save this next one just for a, for a moment. Let's see what else we got. We got Eagles signed Jalen Hurts to a huge contract. He is now the highest paid player in NFL history. Now, guaranteed, yeah, we got the Deshaun Watson thing, but um, Jalen Hurts, for a guy who was benched in the uh, second half of the national championship game when he was in college, his his second time there, He's done pretty good for himself. Um, and that was for Tua, right? He was benched for Tua in college. Tua right. came in in his place. And now Tua's talking about, man, I thought about retirement last year. And, and Jalen Hurts is saying, I just got paid, brother. So big, big bag there for Jalen Hurts. And a lot of people, you know, I heard Dak Prescott saying, oh, good for him. You know, I hope Lamar gets his. Okay, mm -hmm. so we said earlier, what does this mean for Lamar? When we were talking about OBJ signing with the Ravens, what does that mean for Lamar? What does this mean for Lamar? Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I think Lamar needed for a quarterback to sign a contract mm -hmm. with a high, high guarantee like Deshaun Watson, and his case would have been very solidified. As it's happened, we haven't had one. Uh, it's basically the same guaranteed money that the Ravens were saying we will give you. Uh, so I think that does not help Lamar's case right now. I agree with you. I don't think it helps Lamar's case for the same for kind of for the same reason. But like we just talked about with OBJ, they're kind of trying to entice him to stay. But at the same time, Jalen Hurts played every game. They made it to the Super Bowl, and um, ever except for his MVP season, Lamar every every season he's been injured at some point, and either it's either caused him to lose the playoff, lose in the playoffs, or barely miss out of the playoffs, or whatever. I feel like looking at this deal by Jalen Hurts, which is five years, two hundred fifty-five million with hundred million guaranteed. And Lamar wanting what was it like 300 million or something like that, and all of it guaranteed or something like that. I think ridiculous. That, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think that Lamar will be getting at minimum or at, at maximum, sorry, a maximum of 200 million dollar deal for probably the same amount of years, maybe four to five years. And just because of the fact that he's always been injured, he's never played a full season except for his MVP season. He's always been injured or somewhat injured in the playoffs and it's always made them lose in the playoffs. They've never been past the divisional round. There's always been hyped as this, you know, quarterback, this dual threat quarterback, best in the league, whatever. And he's never lived up to that. You know, it's just, he's never lived up to a lot of what has been put on him. And I think that puts us like, puts a, a red, red check mark or whatever, an X mark, whatever you want to call it on his stature for what his contract plays out in the future. Yeah, I, I definitely think agree with I think so. Yeah, go ahead, Evan. I definitely agree with what Josh is saying. Um, I was never a big Lamar guy, even during his MVP season. Yeah, 1,000%. Super exciting, super fun. Like, he was awesome to watch. People tuning in to Ravens games, awesome. Since then, he hasn't put up the same numbers. Injury bug has got him. Um, I don't think the Ravens really built around him as well as they could have. Um mm -hmm. Receiving-wise, I don't think they stood out. Running back-wise, J.K. Dobbins, pretty good, again, but he's he's injured a good amount of times. So you're pulling guys off free agency, and, again, you've had a couple guys kind of come in and show up, and 
step up big for Lamar or anything like that. But losing Hollywood Brown this season, I feel like was a massive blow. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was kind of the end of Lamar in Baltimore. Uh, With that being said, the contract, Jalen Hurts being the highest paid player ever, I don't think Lamar is going to get anywhere close to that. Maybe $200 million depending on where he goes. But at the same time, I just I don't think he's done enough other than his MVP season to deserve a contract like that. Um, it's hard because, again, the Ravens just haven't built around him as well as I feel like they could have. And now that they're doing it, they're getting OBJ. I'm iffy on OBJ just because, again, he's been hurt a lot in his career. So, I mean, maybe they're trying to do it on purpose. Hey, we got you someone who's exactly like you and you guys can build (laughs) chemistry off that, but. And get her together right at the end of the season. Here's what I think. Uh, So Jalen hurts. You said he got a hundred million guaranteed. Uh, There was a, for injury, there was a higher guarantee. So it ends up with injury. It's like 179, I think guaranteed if he gets injured and, and is done. I think this is just going to be my call. And you guys might disagree with this. I think um, Lamar ends up going back to the Ravens. I think maybe he gets right around that number, 179. Maybe maybe they bump it up, 181. <laughs> you know, something like that for injury. Uh, I think he gets pretty much the deal uh, that the that Jalen Hurts got. Maybe not even as big. I don't know. Um, maybe about the same. And uh, they, even if somebody else tries to make him a deal, my guess is they match. It ends up being somewhere around there, and Lamar's back in in uh, Baltimore. That's going to be my my prediction from here on out. I think, we'll see. I think he's back in Baltimore just because I don't think like Jay, like we were talking about earlier. Me and Evan agreed like he's not played a full season. I don't think anybody's willing to like that. That's a high risk type of situation where you're going to pay someone at, like you said 180 million or 200 million, and some like let's just say 90 million guaranteed, whatever. And he's not playing full season. He's not going to contribute that whole season. You're going to miss the playoffs barely just because you're, he can't play those games and your backup comes in. You know what I mean? I don't think you pay that much for that. I don't think anybody's willing to risk that in that situation. And I really hope for, for your situation, the Colts don't want to you know bank on that either. Yeah, I think the problem is no team knows how high would we have to offer in order for them not to match it. Can we do that? And I just don't think mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. We do have, uh, we talked about earlier, teams calling for the 49ers about a trade uh, for Trey Lance. Nothing has come of that yet. Do you think anything will? Go ahead, Josh. I think that's tough because, I mean, like, I don't even know if they're, like, they're feeling offers. I don't know if they're, like, just saying, you know, hey, Rick, do you want to trade Lance? And they're like, no, move on, whatever. We don't know if they're the 49ers are enticed. We don't know what, you know, if they're trying to work a deal out now or they're just hanging up the phone right when they hear, hey, you trade train lines, boom, hang up phone. Mm-hmm. But, like, so we don't know the full story. We're out of context. We just know they're trying to, you know, they're feeling offers. But that's a tough situation because, you know, Brock Purdy played great while he was out. But you trade so much for to the Dolphins for Trey Lance so are I, I think they keep him just because of that. You know what I mean? You trade the future and it's not like an RG3 situation where he was injured and, you know, they com- the franchise completely ruined him. This guy was injured and they're still trying to work things out with him. You know what I mean? But like, they're not saying they're going to trade him. They're not going to say they're wanting to trade him. They're just feeling, they're feeling offers. So I think they, they keep him and see how he works out. And if he doesn't work out, then they trade him and Brock Purdy's that guy. You know what I mean? If Brock Purdy wasn't hurt, this would be so much easier. 
Um, my, my guess is if they think we're really going with Brock Purdy and we really think we can take basically any quarterback off the street, even Mr. Irrelevant and put him in Kyle Shanahan's offense and it's going to work because of our defense and because of everything else. If they really thought that Mm -hmm. they would think let's get something back for what we did with Trey Lance because we gave up so much. Problem is Brock is hurt. We don't know his timeline of coming back unless they really feel like we can take any old quarterback off the street and do the same thing. They're probably going to try and hold on to him, but I bet there's a little bit of what can we get for him? I definitely see what San Francisco would want to do um, in keeping him, but now it's always tough with a quarterback who gets hurt in the rookie year. Is it going to be a continuation? Um, Trey Lance had an injury in early in the season, and he was he didn't see the field for the rest of the year. With that being said, you bring in a guy like Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, um, a guy who absolutely killed it in college, um, kind of, you know, kind of solidified, you know, who he was in the first couple of games, uh, keeping San Francisco upbeat and getting them to as far as they did. Um, with that being said, Kyle Shanahan, I think, in this season alone has proven what he can do with any quarterback. But trading Trey Lance, I feel like, would be kind of too early in a sense. Um, let's say he comes in this next season and they play him over Purdy uh, when he's still dealing with his injury, and you're seeing the same results out of Trey Lance, and it's not as good as you want. Then I feel like pull the trigger. Let's try to see what we can get for him. The problem um, there is at that point, are you going to exactly. get as much? And, exactly. But what we know, so, if, if we're looking at Kyle Shanahan's track record, we know he can take any quarterback and put him in, yes. But we also know he holds on to quarterbacks way too long and gets less for them than he could have, yeah. i.e. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. <laughs> we watched, we yeah. watched, he could have got so much, and no, nope, they kept him. And then they're trying to get rid of him, and they can't get much, so they keep him again. And then they get a little bit for him in that third year. Uh, and I, we could see the exact same thing with Trey yeah. Lance. Yeah. So, well, that's Trey Lance. We'll keep our eye on that. He, you know, he's one of those that right now people think, oh, he just got hurt. He had a bad break. He might still have all this potential, but we don't know. We don't know. So we'll see. It may be one of those teams that lose out on the quarterback that they really need, then start kind of seriously making offers. Um, well, I'll just have to watch that. Steelers, Steelers, though, for their young quarterback, they went out and got Allen Robinson from the Rams. This was a move that I personally was hoping the Colts would make because uh, when he was with the Bears, he had not that great a cast around him, and he put up good numbers. Now, when he went to the Rams, he didn't put up that much, and I don't know if it was just because you know Matthew Stafford's arm was gone and nobody was putting up numbers because nobody else on the team really did either this last year. It was, it was pretty bad, pretty horrible. Um, but Allen Robinson had such a big contract, like everybody on the Rams, that they're having to cut people that are still good. And I was hoping Allen Robinson would get a chance to maybe be a, alongside Pittman and Alec Pierce. But that doesn't look like it's going to happen. looks like he's going to be alongside uh, Pickens and Johnson. Pickens and Johnson. That's right. So uh, a lot of people in the Steelers organization, or Steelers fan base, I should say, that are pretty excited, pretty happy uh, about that, and probably the organization as well. So good for Allen Robinson. Hopefully he does well here and kind of finds a home because he's, he's uh, for as good as he is, I wouldn't think he would have moved this often 
it's kind of the contract thing with the Rams right now. They basically made horrible, horrible deals with everybody under the sun last couple of years. And now they just have to, they have to pay the piper. And so they're doing that. DeMar Hamlin, uh, if you remember DeMar, who basically, quote, died on the field and was brought back uh, because of the heartbeat thing. He is back and cleared for participation by many doctors who said this was just a really freak accident because the time his heart was beating, when he got hit, and that's what caused it. And it's a one in a crazy number of chance, but he is good to go just like anybody else. And so it would be a little scary for me, I think, if I was DeMar Hamlin, if I had been that seriously close to death. (laughs) <laughs> to come back and say, yeah, you know, it was uh, such an odd number. I'm going to go ahead and try again. I think I might be one of those people who said, hey, let's see what else there is in the world. But he looks like he's wanting to come back, been cleared for activities. And we'll see where DeMar Hamlin ends up going. We're gonna, One more news thing, and then we're going to jump to this draft thing, because that's where we really want to hit today while, while we've got Evan on for sure. We want to be able to get some time with him and the Packers. But uh, before we do, Buda Baker has requested a trade from Arizona. Can you in any way blame him with what's going on in Arizona? Not even a little. Uh, With how good Buddha is and with just how awful Arizona has been, not only on the field, but just front office-wise, I don't blame him. Um, Arizona to me is a ship getting ready to sink. Yeah, they so. lost JJ Watts, gone. Mm-hmm. They're losing DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that seems mm-hmm. almost guaranteed. Yeah. Kyler Murray's hurt, <laughs> even though he got his big contract. I, it's just like, and their front office, they're losing people in the front office, coaches changing. Everything's changing. It's not going to be good there next year. And so I can see him saying, yeah, this is yeah. the time to get out of this ship. So. Uh, I forgot we have actually one more (laughs) big piece of news and I'm going to, I'm going to let Josh talk about this, but Josh, there has been some rumors about a fire sale. That's not a fire sale. It's a sale at a really high price. Tell us what's going on with the commanders. So, um, was it Thursday? Um, it was, yeah, last Thursday because it happened like right after we were supposed to record, but we didn't because nothing was going on. Right. Um, Dan Snyder has agreed to sell the commanders to, um, the Josh Hare, the, Josh Harrison, Magic Johnson, um, I guess, what do you, group. partnership, whatever you want to call it, yeah. group, yeah, um, for $6 billion. And this, this is $6.05 billion. Let's highest paid, uh, highest fr- price for a franchise ever bought. Crazy. Ever. Yeah. I mean, especially when you think about what he paid for it in 19, what was it, 99? 99, yeah. $800 million. So he's making million about to 6.05 billion. 5.205 billion dollars. That's the kind of investment if you could make it every day, you'd be Oh yeah. Well, if you could make it once, you'd be <laughs> set. <laughs> and that's what he did. Yeah. So what do you think about this? What do you think about Josh Smith versus the whatever his name was, Akalapastopoulos or yeah, whatever? I, I mean, this is my second guy. I mean, if you look at this guy, Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, I don't know what he's doing now personally, but uh, Josh Harris owns um, the 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. And I'm not a basketball guy. Evan kind of is. But just looking at back at like their last seven seasons or eight seasons, whenever they bought him, he, when Josh Harris bought them in 2013, um, 
they've completely, you know, they were a losing team and ever since then they've you know, built from the ground up, you know, they've gotten all these players and they, I think they haven't had like a, a season without 50 wins or with 50 wins or less ever since he bought them. So, I mean, I'm like, he's completely rebuilt that franchise. He's made them a contender, you know, so I'm excited to see what he can do with the commanders. Not so much. I don't know what I can say on the, um, the June New Jersey devil side. Cause I'm, kind of looking for that but i don't really pay attention to hockey either so i can't really say much on that i don't know how good they're doing or whatever when he bought them whatever but just based off the 76ers and like what he's you know done he's he's built that team from the ground up i'm excited to see what he can do to the commanders you know they've they've needed this for the last so he bought them in nine i just let's just say he's the, the redskins commanders football team whatever has needed this since 2005 you know dan Snyder came in you know as once glorified team in the 80s and 90s you know they were a dynasty in the 80s and they kind of fell off in the 90s, you know, just because players retired, Joe Gibbs retired, whatever. And they're trying to regain their balance, so they regain, you know, their their stardom. And Dan Snyder buys a team because Jack Kent Cook, you know, dies. His son sells the team. And ever since then, it's just been, like, terrible, you know, uh, like a dark gloom over Washington, D.C. or where, you know, whatever. And finally, <laughs> that's, that's the way, that, Josh. Gloom has gone, that gloom has gone away. And, I mean, but I'm excited to see what Josh Harris can do. You know, it's a new I guess a new leaf turned over, whatever you want to call it, you know, something new that's can, you know, can happen, you know, even if it's bad, I mean, at least, at least least it's different. At least it's different. Yeah. (laughs) Well, here's what we're going to do. That is big news. And uh, I want to talk more about that when we get down to like what the commanders are doing draft wise, because I think this kind of plays into that a little bit. We're going to jump into the draft area. We're going to give Evan a chance to talk here because I know he's he's got limited time with us today. But we want to talk about two things uh, in this talk. And we're going to have Evan start us with the Packers and then we're going to go to the Colts and then we're going to end with the commanders. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Dan Snyder. But uh, with the Packers, we want to know what do you think is going to be their first pick of the draft? And what is their strategy? What is it they need to do in terms of draft this season in order to come out better than they went in? You know, you know, we lost, we, we lost a really important tight end uh, in Tunyon to the bears um, early in the off season. And I, I don't want to say a tight end is our main priority. Um, whenever Josh brought up to me that, um, I should come on and talk talk with you guys about it. Um, I started I started looking into it, and a lot of the stuff that I was seeing was tight end. Mm-hmm. I personally do not think we need to go out and get a tight end early on. My reason there is a tight end out of Old Dominion who is an absolute. I mean, he is an elite athlete. I forgot his forty time. Um, but it was it was something that a tight end we haven't seen a tight end in a while, um, so I kind of want to switch more towards seeing them either go after another defensive back or more help on the O line, which is crazy that I'm saying because you know our number our one and two receiver receivers this year are second year guys mm-hmm. uh, coming in with Jordan Love uh, who. As crazy as it sounds, I'm very excited for. You know, that's what um, I'm hearing from a lot of Packers fans. There was this, uh, we're holding on to Aaron. Aaron's great. Aaron's great. But now that it's like it all started to happen, almost everybody I talk to is, I'm excited to see what happens with Jordan Love and it's time for Aaron Rodgers to move. And I, I, and I, think, a, I think a big thing about, about that is with Packers fans, I think we're itching to know what we're going to get out of Aaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, out of, I out of Jordan. That, yeah. Um, I've been, I've been, I listen to Pat McAfee almost every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have about a 30 minute drive every day to work. So usually that's what I'm listening to in the mornings when I'm coming back. And when I listen to Aaron's um, talk about how, you know, I'm going to play for the Jets, that was almost a month ago, I mm-hmm. think. And we still haven't gotten anything. So I think a lot of Packers fans are itching to know what we're going to get out of it. Um, Real quick, so, your opinion. When do you think you will know? Do you think that'll be draft night? Draft night. Do you think draft night? I think we're I think we're gonna I think we're gonna see draft night. Um, Sounds like something Aaron would do. This is a big news time. Everybody's excited about all the big news of quarterbacks, and Aaron's like, "Hey, wait! Don't forget about me. I'm also newsworthy." And, <laughs> and, and that's the crazy thing. We always see that around draft time, where Aaron tries to take some spotlight away from people. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the that, that's how he's been. Um, <laughs> but. Going back to it, I think our three positions that we need the most, like I said, tight end, safety, depending on where Adrian Amos is, uh, depending on where he wants to do, and then Darnell Savage, who gets hurt a lot, and then Ruby or uh, Rudy Ford, who had a really good season last year, I could see him being a part of the Rodgers trade. Oh, um, yeah. You think he might go? Yeah, you know, because the secondary for – the Jets, it's iffy. Um, pretty sure they still have Marcus May, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He came in. Everybody was really high on him, and it doesn't seem like he's working out as best as the Jets would like to see. Um, o line always important. Um, it, it, in all honesty, I I really think if they don't royally screw this up we could get someone really good at number 15, not knowing where Rogers is going to go. Just the 15th overall pick. We're right in the middle. Something good could, something good could happen out of it. But I've been a Packer fan for my entire life. As everybody knows in the NFL, I, I, I've never looked forward to draft night as a Packer fan. Yeah. They don't do anything. (laughs) They don't do anything you want. (laughs) The one time I got really, really excited about it. We drafted Jordan Love. That was an yeah, excitement for you. Most people I know at that uh, point was like, why? We have Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no. no. Like, just the draft it. itself. Before we drafted Jordan Love, I was excited. I thought we were going to get a pretty good wide receiver. I thought <laughs> okay. we were going to try to okay. fix something. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I, was sit- I, I remember sitting at my house and then looking down at my phone trying to figure out, okay, we're on the clock. Let's see what the final thing is. <laughs> and then I hear Jordan Love. I'm not even looking at my TV and I hear Jordan Love. I was like, What? <laughs> that might do it. That that might do it. So as long as they don't do something like that this year, um, I think we're going to get something good out of this draft. This draft is a very defensive heavy uh, draft. So we could see um, an edge rush helping out with Quay, or, uh, Quay Walker, uh, Gary, and Preston Smith, trying to maybe fix that up. Um, I really like um, – Joe Barry's whole uh, philosophy with his defense. I know a lot of people don't, but I, I don't. I think getting more defensive help on that side is going to help Jordan out more than anything, even if we go out and get another receiver. So here's the question for you. Um, honestly, not your desire because you're a lifelong Packers fan. Honestly, Aaron Rodgers does get traded to the Jets. Let's say that happens. Obviously, he's got Lazard there. And uh, who else did they sign um, that was a Packer? Um, um, um. Michael Hartman. Yeah. 
And okay. They have Garrett Wilson. And oh, oh, a, pack, uh, a Packer. Um, yeah. No. They um, they signed another Packer. Um, there was two. Mercy, I, I've Mercy forgotten. Is, is, um, Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> well, Nathaniel yes. Hackett is there. So anyway, he's got these. He's he's also got you know um, the the people who were with the Jets last year that were good. So that's what he's got. You guys got Jordan Love, and and you got your two you know second year receivers, and you got whoever you get in this draft. Who wins more games between the Jets and the Packers this year? Your honest opinion. That was Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle, the backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to make a big difference. That hurts. Uh, Are you running by yourself? Yeah. We're going to give him a moment. He's, uh, as we said, uh, dealing with work yeah. and being yeah, with us today. Yeah. So we're going to let him kind of answer this question he's gotten. And he's going to come back and answer that question for us. And then he might have to take off and we'll continue on. But. Uh, Josh, your opinion on this. Who do you think is going to win more games, New York Jets or the Packers? I think the Jets, right? if they get Rodgers, you know, like we said, Rodgers has the whole, the, every single bit of leverage in this. You know, if I don't like the deal, I'm going to retire. Or if I don't like the deal, I'm going to stay, whatever. Every, Rodgers has every single bit of leverage. So let's say in a world where he it's supposed to happen, he goes to the Jets for, I don't know, let's just say a second-round pick or whatever. Um, a second-round pick and more, I guess. But um, I think the Jets do. I think Rodgers... He didn't have the cast that the Jets do. He didn't have the cast last year that the Jets do currently. They have Garrett Wilson. They have they have Lazard. Aaron Rodgers will have Lazard back. They have Nicole Hartman, and they have Corey Davis. And then they have a defense. Well, they have a top-10 defense, in my opinion. And th- that's just going to build. I think they'll make the playoffs, honestly. At okay. Like 10, and, 10 and 7 or 9 and 8. So, Evan, Josh has weighed in while, while you were busy there, and he thinks the Jets will win more than the Packers this year. I think I think they will. I, I do too. Um, the Jets, even even last year, they made steps forward that I don't think a whole lot of people would would have thought they would. And now you add one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time uh, in the mix with a guy who he has been with for years, and Alan Lazard, with Nathaniel Hackett, they're destined to do something good. Um, hey, let me ask you I'm something. Not, a bit of a history point here since you're a lifelong Packers fan mm-hmm. when Brett Favre retired that first year that Aaron Rodgers was a starter how was the win loss record did he do really well that year or was it kind of I don't, middle that would have been what 2008 08 09 yeah. so 08 would have been Rodgers first year I don't think they had the best year I think they might have went four and 12 that year um I was just going to say when when Peyton Manning got his start, you know they they went three and thirteen. He threw the most, yeah. most interceptions, you know, whatever. But then the next year, on and on. Yeah. And same with Aaron Rodgers, I think. And we might have the same sort of expectation for Jordan Love. He comes out his first year, it's like fair to Midland, and then hopefully go go go. Yeah. Um, I I I think oh, going back to your question, I really do think the Jets are going to win more this year. Um, I think depending on how they play, I know we're a little we're a little while away from the season, but um, seeing how the Jets have built up, I could see them winning the East. I can see them going over the Bills. Uh, wow. Not like not like that's my guess, but I could see it. Mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see it with Rodgers getting that, getting more of a competition in, in a division. Um, 
I started to say things definitely got harder for the Bills, but I think what I meant to say was things definitely got harder for the Patriots this year. For sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, no, I definitely do think the Jets are going to have a really good, really good year this year. I think the Packers had a chance to be really good, but it all depends on how love and um, LaFleur really get along. Because uh, yeah. we've only seen Jordan Love in crunch or in a, uh, you know, game over situations or if we're, if, if he's just going out to kneel the ball at the end of the game. So, right. And they were never, uh, never plays designed around his skill set. So exactly. we, we haven't seen him yet with LaFleur, like planning for him. Exactly. That'll be exciting. That'll be exciting. Yeah, sure. How long you got with us, Evan, before you have to take off? How many more questions you got? Oh, I don't know. I'm just uh, getting an idea of how long, how long you might be around. I got maybe two or three minutes. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know that I have uh, many okay, more no, questions. I was just, I was just yeah. making sure. I, got, yeah. I don't know if it's Matthew and Matt's asked it, but uh, what is, let's, because he's not trading yet. I mean, we, we and Matthew kind of agree. He has Aaron Rodgers as all the leverage. You know, he, if he doesn't like the deal, he can retire. If he doesn't like the deal, he can stay, whatever. In a world that he has traded, what is your ideal compensation? Not like the best compensation. What is your, what do you think the compensation will actually get out of him for? Your it? realistic compensation. They are really pushing for no first over, for first round picks. They are that that has been this entire discussion. With that being said, I can see two seconds. Second this sure, year, second next have, year. Yes. Give us a receiver too. I'm not saying give us Garrett Wilson. I, Elijah Moore is not on there anymore. No, he he's done. Browns. Yeah. Yeah. He just got traded to the Browns, right? I'd probably say Corey Davis is your best bet. Corey Davis. I wouldn't mind Corey Davis. Uh, I follow I, Corey Davis when he was on Tennessee. He, he, he was he was good. I feel like Corey Davis on the Packers would fit just because he's, he's not a veteran yet, but he's been in the league a good amount of time to help out with Watson and um, Romeo. And – We'll go from there. Um, so I, I, I think two seconds and a, a player uh, on the offensive side, that's not a running back. Or I, I think that's something the Jets would do, I think. Yeah, so for sure. And, and I, I think both parties get what they get. Rodgers is gone. He's happy. I think the main problem with this whole situation is no, not more like a lot of the, it's a lot of the picks are trying to compensate for, but a lot of it is do the Jets take – are the Jets wanting to take all of um, – all of Rogers contract or the, the Packers going to pay some, or, you know, what's the compensation dealing with that contract? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think we'll, that's going to we'll be we'll your two sticking points. We get away from a first and then what's happening with the contract. I think once those exactly. two things, I think once they come together, that trade's going to happen. And I think you're right. I think it's probably going to be on draft. I think night. it's going to be on draft night. Yeah. With, with how Aaron is, I can. Which he, the funny thing he is, say, he can say, these are two teams, not Aaron, but, but yeah. somehow his influence will make it happen on draft night. For sure. For sure. <laughs> hey, uh, Evan, we're so glad you could join with us uh, and talk about the Packers a little bit. We, we miss Brandon, but we love having another lifelong Packers fan on the podcast. So you have a good day at work. We're going to let you head on out of the studio here. And then Josh and I will go on with the Colts and the Commanders. Evan, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, hopefully, we can do this again. This yeah, awesome. this so, is good times. We love having voices yeah. on, so definitely keep that on your on your radar. For sure, for sure. Thanks, thanks again, guys. All right, see you, Evan. So, Josh, you and I, we have 
a couple teams to talk about here. We're going to go Colts first, and then we're going to end commies, because I do want to talk more about the Dan Snyder and Sell thing. Um, I just wanted to make sure we had time for the Packers in there. So we're going to come back to that. Let's talk about the Colts real quick. I think the Colts are probably the most exciting draft story of our teams right now, um, because we're one of those at the top four, and the questions that come up whenever a draft conversation comes up always involve the Colts, because everybody's unsure. So we here's what we heard before. Uh, back a month ago, C.J. Stroud was ranked number one. He was definitely going to go number one, right? Uh, Panthers traded up. Everybody knew it was for C.J. Stroud, and everybody knew the Texans really wanted Bryce Young. And then that meant that what was going to happen with number three at Arizona was somebody going to trade up because then you had Richardson and Levis, and it's like, who do you think is better? And like everybody in Colt Nation that I know is like, Richardson, man, let's not go Levis. But in the in the media, they're still portraying him as like possible coming in at third. And so that was the story. Then time goes on and suddenly all that we're hearing about in the media is Bryce Young was like a, a wunderkind on this S2, you know, football thinking test. Not the, not the wonderlick, but the, whatever this other one is about decision yeah, yeah. making. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah. he can do everything he needs to do. Still got this five, what is it? Five, 10, five, nine, five, 10. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Bryce Young, I'm not sure. I think it is five. Um, who's first overall is the Panthers. I think you're right. It's something like that because five, nine or five, 10, it's really short yeah, it's, and it's, it's small. Like, it's short. It's five, 10, because I remember, um, uh, the owner, the not owner, the GM talking about it. Cause he was a GM when they drafted the Seahawks with the Seahawks when they drafted Russell Wilson, he was like, Oh, Russell Wilson wasn't that tall, but look what he's done now. And Russell Wilson didn't have this, you know, these hands or whatever. Look what he's done now. So that's yeah. five. Yeah. 10, five the comparison I always hear is Drew Brees, uh, because Drew yeah, yeah. Brees was short. Uh, but he's he's short, he's slight, he's he's more slight, and they're like, how is he going to be durable? Is he going to be able to see over defenses? Is he going to be durable? Uh, that was the big knock. But then the you know over time here, he has like almost clearly become the number one pick. Everybody is sure that that's who Carolina is targeting, and now the Texans, who everyone thinks also wanted Young, there's this talk that, oh, they might trade out or they might not take a quarterback. And so that changes up the whole formula. If they don't take a quarterback, uh, let's say they stay in their spot and they take something else, defensive end or edge rusher, whatever, um, that leaves then number three, Arizona, sitting in a very pretty spot for anybody who's like, oh, I want the second choice. I want Stroud or Richardson, whoever my choice is, which I would assume is Stroud. And so there's questions. Will the Colts move up to three to ensure that they get the best they can get? Do they want to trade up that much? Because do they really feel that strongly about any of these guys? My guess is if Young went first and Stroud was left on the board, that's more of a chance that the Colts would try to move into that third spot. But knowing Chris Ballard, I just don't know. Um, Chris Ballard could sit there and say, you know what? That means we're definitely going to get Richardson or Levis, whoever we want there. And so we're just going to sit and, and take it. Or, you know, with Ballard, we could get the number four and him say, you know what? None of these guys are who we wanted. We're going to trade down. I, I sincerely doubt that because I think the Colts are at a crossroads where we've had too many veteran quarterbacks and we need. This is why I think there's some people who are like, I don't want to mess with Lamar. We've had too many veteran quarterbacks. Let's not do that. That's why when all this talk about like Trey Lance. OK, so Trey Lance has been on another team. He's been hurt. They're ready to get rid of him. I think our, our group is saying 
we've tried this. We've taken somebody that didn't succeed somewhere else and we thought they could do it here and we don't want to do that again. So will whatever quarterback we draft succeed? We don't know, but at least we're taking a shot. So uh, my, my strong guess, which is totally a guess because I do not know the mind of Chris Ballard, my guess is that we would end up with Richardson or Stroud. If Stroud's available, my guess is we would go Stroud. My, my thought is um, that who he is and his placement and, and uh, just what he's done in the past would appeal to Ballard. But to Shane Steichen, I think Richardson, you know, that kind of Jalen Hurts mold, uh, actually, you know, he's one of a kind, but it's more like a Jalen Hurts, can use his legs, can use his arm. People talk about he's really smart. He makes uh, good decisions. He just hasn't had a lot of starts. He's only had 13 starts, right, in college. And so it, that's where that's what makes people afraid. He's only had 13. Uh, he has to grow. And uh, I can see Shane being like, ah, I'd love to build around that. Um, yeah. But I can also see uh, the front office, whether it's Jim say or um, Chris Ballard saying, if C.J. Stroud falls to us, that's the kind of player that Peyton Manning was. Sit in the pocket, throw those accurate, accurate passes. And that's what C.J. Stroud has been known for. Uh, and then that last game, he did use his legs some, that, uh, the last game he played. But I don't know. So all of that to say, we don't know exactly where the Colts are going to go, if they're going to stick at four, if they're going to move up to three, if they're going to you know, drop back. I, I anticipate they're going to get a quarterback. And if they don't, I think the fan base is going to riot. I think the fan base is going to be like, what are we doing? Because I don't think the Lamar thing's going to happen. I don't think people are in on Trey Lance. So that's number one overall pick, thoughts, okay? Then you have the question of what's our draft strategy? So there's two that I've heard floated a lot. And uh, the first one is we do like we did with Andrew Luck. If you remember Andrew Luck, we, and, and kind of the same with Peyton Manning, although I don't think they all happened after. But like with Andrew Luck, we drafted Andrew Luck and then we drafted, uh, oh, that tight end that went to Stanford with him. I always forget. It's Kobe Fleener. Kobe Fleener. And then the, another tight end that was supposed to be really good. I've forgotten his name already as well. <laughs> yes. And then T.Y. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. So what we did was in those, those early picks, we gave him weapons so that offense could succeed. Now, granted, Pittman and Pierce already look like weapons to me. Um, so when you look back at Peyton Manning, uh, Peyton Manning was drafted after Marvin Harrison, right? Yeah. Three years. Yeah. And so he already had Harrison and then they got edge in there as as well. Yeah. It was the next year, I think. Um, and then Reggie Wayne came a little later. So it was a little more spread out, but getting those weapons. So one draft strategy is we draft whoever this quarterback is that we get, whether it's Stroud or Richardson, I'm hoping it's one of those two. I really don't want Will Levis, and if they do that, I'm going to try my best to have optimism, but it's going to be hard. Anyway, uh, they're going to get whatever quarterback. So one draft strategy is then with our second round, third round, you know, with our other picks, we get weapons. That's one. The other strategy we could go after is this team is in dire need of cornerbacks, and this is a deep cornerback class. Do we go for a cornerback or two um, and some defensive help? in this draft early and then get some weapons. Maybe Uh, we need cornerbacks and maybe some offensive line, you know, guard tackle uh, backup stuff because our offensive line was not great last year. 
And we might be looking at our center leaving, although we kept him this year. Uh, he was on the trade block. Let's, yeah. let's be real. He was on the trade block. He, we didn't get what we wanted for him. We kept him. But that doesn't mean that we feel thrilled about his level of play last year. Uh, and so we could be looking at a center or a guard uh, to come in for him or Glowinski. Was it Glowinski? Or Glowinski's gone. Who was mm-hmm. our... Uh, oh. Um, our... Uh, not, not Pinter. Pinter was our backup center. It was... Um, anyway. Uh, I don't know. We may be looking for some offensive line help and some cornerback because we did lose... The second highest rated, I think it was the second highest rated uh, cornerback we gave away for a fifth round pick pick. to the Texans. Sad, but he wanted out. Uh, Stories come out that he he requested that trade because he looked at our team and he said, I'm old. You guys aren't going to be winning anything soon. I want out. And Chris Ballard, in, in great fashion, didn't make that turn into some big battle in the media. He just he went and did it. Uh, kind of respect that. But now we need cornerback help because uh, we got rid of him and uh, another uh, cornerback left us. And so now we end up with Isaiah Rogers and Dal- Dallas Flowers. And Kenny Moore's a slot. Um, okay. He's in a contract year. I think yeah. he'll play. I think he'll play well because of that contract year. But we need we need some depth. We don't really have much there. So that's the other strategy. Which one do I think the Colts will take? That's a really good question. It's a deep cornerback class, so I could see him taking mm-hmm. a wide receiver or or something. We have some tight ends. I think Mo Ali Cox is gone, but I think we have Granson and Jelani Woods, no. uh, and I think they're going to stay. I think Mo Ali Cox stayed. He did stay, but I don't know how long he's got left because he was okay. also obviously on the trade block. Uh, and so I don't think we need tight end. I think that's covered right now, but... I could see maybe getting one wide receiver and then going for a cornerback later. Just depends on on how they evaluate the cornerbacks who are still on the board and the wide receivers who are still on the board. Uh, but I, I anticipate it'll be a mix of a wide receiver cornerback sort of look and then some offensive line. Uh, we definitely need to do some replenishing there um, in this draft. So that's kind of the way I think the Colts will go. I think the biggest question that everybody wants answered is going to happen on that first night. That's yeah. what's going to make this draft so exciting. Usually in the draft, the Colts aren't, you know, uh, Evan was talking about the Packers never really loved draft night. The Colts have almost always been there except for, you know, when we got Andrew Luck and when we got Peyton Manning, you know, those times we were yeah, yeah. first overall. Uh, we were always, you know, super not exciting. And usually we traded back and got more picks. And so the first night was nothing fun for us. Usually we didn't even get a pick till day two. So this year we're back up there in the top four. This is not as great as having the number one overall pick, which we could have tried to trade up, but then we would have had to get rid of like all the picks necessary to put people around whoever this is. So I'm excited about draft night, that first round draft. Here's my question. Who do you think the Colts will take? I'm guessing Richardson is probably most likely Stroud. If he would fall, I think they would maybe go for Stroud. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Richardson, just because of the whole, like, Shane Steichen's been with the mobility factor of it. You know, he's been with uh, Jalen Hurts for a couple years, you know, so he has that, I guess that, not resume, but, like, that style of offense that he might want to implement. And... Richardson is that exact mold. You know, he's a mobile when he needs to be, but he's a kind of a pocket passer at the most, most of the times, you know what I mean? He's mobile when he, yeah, but, and then CJ Stroud's kind of the same thing, a little bit less mobile, but I agree. I think if Stroud's there, they take him. And if Richardson's there, they take him. And I think Will Levis is honestly out of the question. If, if 
somebody trades up into three, and Texans actually do take a quarterback. I'm I, gonna, think too, yeah. I think the Colts fans are going to be so sad. If they are like, we call Will Levis, and this is the guy we wanted all along, everybody in Colts Nation is going to be like... Well, they're just saying that. <sighs> I mean, of course. They're just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've, they've put up that smoke screen that we really think the guy we want will be here. That way, if Will Levis is the guy, they can say, this is who we wanted all along. In our mm-hmm. valuation, he's he's got the most upside. And I think everybody in Colts Nation will be sad, but we'll try to put on a happy face. <laughs> But anyway, that's what I think is going on with the Colts. Let's talk about the commanders as far as draft goes, and then we'll kind of circle back to this selling of the team. But yeah. your overall, your your first pick, what number is it? Like 17 or 18. It's okay. like right after the middle. Packers. Right in the middle. Right in the middle, yeah. And uh, I want to hear what you think their first pick will be position-wise, and then if you know a name, you think, oh, I hope they target this guy. Uh, and so, then what's their draft strategy? Just basic strategy. I have no idea what their strategy is, honestly. I, None, huh? It, like, yeah, I haven't really, I've just seen like the kind of the mock drafts people will put on Twitter or even the team. It's like these, uh, these, like, let's say Adam Rank or what's his name? Mel Kuyper. These experts say, we'll take this guy. And that's what I, I feel like Mel Kuyper. I don't know how he is labeled an expert. I feel like his opinions are just so bad yeah, year bad. after year after year. But anyway, but, um, I just see those. So I think honestly, if I were the owner, the GM, whatever, I my strategy would be offense. Offensive weapons is set. Defensive line is set. The the safeties are set. Cornerbacks are iffy. I mean, we have well Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Jude's. Um, so I can see them going a cornerback to get a third cornerback to you know complete that secondary realm or whatever you want to call it. I can see them going offensive line and then moving our right because we have a left tackle locked up for a couple of years. We have we need a left guard. We have a center who's injury prone, which I can see them trade trying to cut or trade if they draft a center. I can see them drafting a right tackle who has only been able to play because whenever we drafted Brandon Scherf like six or seven years ago, he was an offensive tackle. We drafted him as a tackle from Iowa, and we moved him right guard, and he turned out amazing. I can see them drafting a tackle and either a moving him to guard or b playing him at tackle and moving Sam Cosme, who is our current right tackle, who drafted in the third round a couple of years ago to right guard or left guard or whatever, and having that be our offensive line. So I think, honestly, what we're targeting and what our strategy is in the first round is either tackle and then moving somebody to left guard or right guard, or whether it's the pick or the player or another player on the team already, or B, going after a cornerback. And what corner – I haven't really seen an, a tackle name that's linked to this team. It's always been like this tackle, this tackle, this tackle. But what corner? What two cornerbacks I've seen linked to the team and the, the expert quote unquote, you know, mock drafts that the commanders put on their Twitter, or whatever, is Joey Porter Jr. and um, the guy from Illinois, like Witherspoon, I think I can't remember his name. The guy from Illinois, whoever that is, and then Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. Those two guys are the cornerbacks I see every and every expert saying we'll take. So the Colts and the Commanders, after the Colts quarterback debacles. Yeah. area and the same we're, situation we're kind I of can... sitting in the same place we both had o-lines that were supposed to be good last year that really yeah. were not and we're both thin at quarterback cornerback so that'll be interesting for rounds two and three i can also see this happening round one honestly but let's just say in the scenario we take cornerback round one we'll draft probably draft a uh a um a tackle round two or we take a tackle round one we'll probably draft a corner round two you know if I, it's vice versa whatever but I could also see us throwing in a mix of a linebacker. We just signed a linebacker in free agency. We have Jamin Davis, which we drafted two years ago on the outside. 
He's doing pretty well. He's progressed a lot. I think we need a middle guy to solidify that whole that whole front seven. That middle linebacker, you know, that zone coverage linebacker has been the downfall of this whole mm-hmm. this whole zone coverage scheme that we've been playing for the last couple of years. And I think if we draft one uh, to play next to next to Cody Barton, who we just signed on a one year deal this offseason, I think will be set at the linebacker position for a little bit. And then, you know, move on to cornerback and left tackle or whatever. And I think so it's either between three positions, cornerback, left tackle, cornerback, tackle, or or a linebacker. I think those three of the three things are targeting. We're excited. One week from today, right? It's Thursday night next week. That's a draft. Yeah. Oh, man. Can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be a good. Oh, man. Yeah. I have to talk to some people. I uh, have an obligation on Thursday night, I'm going to have to talk to him about like, we're watching at least through the first four picks <laughs> for sure. Uh, before we start what we're doing anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's what we think's coming up with the draft. Um, let's come right back around just for a moment. So you're happy that Dan Snyder's gone. This has not been signed yet. What do you think exactly. the timeline on that, that is? I'm happy that it's put into fruition or put out in the air. You know what I mean? It's agreed upon. It's not like, oh, he's looking to sell the team. We're just looking for the right guy. You know, I was happy then, you know, he's finally uh, caving in, you know, to all the the reports that are bad owner or whatever. I'm also more happy now than I was before because it's 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 out in the air that he's wanting to sell. He found a guy, whatever. The papers are to the NFL to, I yeah. mean, the, the deal, right? They're deciding, the other owners are deciding, does this legit gonna, I think that's going to go through. I mean, there's too many owners that have spoken out. Jim Irsay, Jerry Jones, all these other owners that are probably holding their peace because they don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's going to sell. But I'm not going to be overly over the moon excited yet until the papers are, are finally, you know, signed. Dan Snyder sells the team to Josh Harris. You know what I mean? It, it'll be exa- an exact Dan Snyder move to just say, you know, I'm going to sell the team. You know, we put all this paperwork through and then it's like. Then he backs out. Stay. Yeah, right <laughs> when there's right when he's put in his he let's just say he signs Daniel, and then he's like, I think I'm just gonna stay with the team, man. I don't know. I think I'm doing. And then he backs out. I didn't think he goes as far as Daniel, <laughs> and then he he skips out on Snyder, and he's like, I don't want to go with you anymore. <laughs> you have no faith in him. Now here's the question: You're gonna be so excited when this trade happens, but what happens if Josh Smith is like a horrible owner? <laughs> I know you're excited. You're looking at what he's done in the past with other teams. Yeah. You're thinking this could be better. I think it's you're right. New, though. It is something new. And the problem with it is it's not like a Dan Center situation where it's like, oh, he's an owner of one team where, you know, if he sells, he'll make all this money and back out. This guy is an owner of two different teams. And I don't know. I think he might be an owner of all of, of a little bit more. But this guy's an owner of just, let's just say, two teams for right now. Um, and... I feel like there's either there's this can go two ways and it's, I haven't really figured it out yet. Cause I haven't really looked into it, but he can either sell, like let's say he does bad, you know, people push him out like they did Dan center. He could sell the team easily because he already has two other teams. He's already making a lot of money from the 76ers and the jet, the devils, New Jersey devils, or B he's already making a lot of money from the commanders because everybody's overexcited that Dan Snyder is out, that people are buying merchandise, buying tickets, you know, it's a full crowd now, a full uh, sellout stadium, whatever. That he's like, oh, I'm in it for the money. I'm going to stick here. I'm making money anyway. So there's two sides to the spectrum. And I don't know where he falls right now because I don't really know who he is, honestly. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like, I'm happy he's buying it. Hopefully the good things. But then it's like, oh, if he does bad, he might not want to leave. And then it's like, all right. And then the right that, that right in the middle ground of happy he's selling or happy he's buying, good things can happen or bad things can happen, you know, if he does bad. Right in the middle is like, 
oh, he does bad, but he doesn't want to leave because it's all in it for the money. So that's right where the middle, right where I'm writing in it right now. Like I'm right in the middle ground. I want to see something happen first. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I think it's going to, you're, you're just unsure because you've mm-hmm. been, you, you've heard the once bitten twice shy. I think it's where yeah. you're at. You've been bitten. So you're a little shy, even though it's a new guy, but you're still ready to get rid of the snake. So I think we can all join you there. And yeah. uh, I think it's going to be uh, a new commander's era going forward with a new owner and see All what I, happens. What I don't want to happen though is he buys, cause I know there's reports that like whatever owner, like one of the owners, I don't know if it was um, the Steve guy Bezos or this guy or, and magic Johnson, the partnership, but one of them, there came out reports that one of these guys was looking into rebranding the team again. And that's what I don't want. Like we already set commanders. Right. I don't, I don't mind the name as much as I didn't at last year, but what I don't want is to change it again. Cause then that, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, football team for two years, commanders for one year, or let's just say two years because it takes some time, and then this name for the rest of the future. Like that's just you're putting your fans through too much. They'll probably not like you at that point. You know what I mean? I like the commanders. I like that name. It's not commanders, bad. and yeah. not as bad as people thought it last year. Yeah, the whole take command thing helped me get over it. I like, so, yeah, take command. Well, we'll see what happens with um, your team as far as ownership, but we'll also the next time we talk. Um, are we doing a, are we doing a podcast next week? I'm not sure. Cause it depends on what happens. I mean, we did our, you know, our draft takes, whatever like that. So we might as well just wait till two weeks for two weeks to go over the draft. Yeah. You know? So we may, we may not get to talk to you till all this is over, but when we do, it's going to be a lot to talk about. A lot of things will change as the draft happens and all the trades that happen because of the dominoes that begin to fall during the draft. And so we'll have some, some fun stuff to talk about there. Hey, we thank you all for joining us here on the Football Fandemic every week as we talk about the things that are exciting and important in the NFL and to our home teams. Join us after the draft. It's going to be great on the Fandemic.